Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Jar. Uh, this is us, and so we're glad that you're here. My name's Chris, and uh, we're so glad you chose to hang out with us. If you're joining us on the stream, uh, welcome. We're glad that you're uh, here as well. Um, if you haven't been baptized, I want to strongly encourage you uh, to consider taking the plunge. Um, this will be a class that I'll be uh, teaching, me personally, in a couple of weeks, and I'm always excited about it. So if you've never been baptized before, we want to encourage you to do so. And uh, the way you can do that is simply by signing up on the app, uh, or you can stop by Guest Connections, and someone there can help you as well. But uh, baptism doesn't mean you ha- you're perfect or you have it all together. Uh, it simply means that uh, you're taking that next step of saying, I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life, the leader of my life. And I hope many of you will take the plunge. And then on August 21st, uh, we will actually be able to celebrate uh, people making that commitment uh, and being baptized at Prairie Creek Reservoir, uh, which is always a beautiful uh, setting to be able to do that. So sign up. Uh, if you haven't yet uh, for that. So a couple of weeks ago, a friend of mine uh, who is from Pennsylvania, uh, he and I and our families met together uh, to have lunch. And what's really cool about the relationship uh, that I have uh, with him is that he's a pastor and uh, his wife is a physician and my wife is a physician and uh, sometimes I'm a pastor, as some of you can tell. Um, but anyways, uh, we got our families together. Our families are very different, too. Uh, they have four children that they all adopted um, as toddlers or older. And uh, Jennifer and I obviously had uh, biological children that were born as infants. And uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were having lunch, um, he was sharing with me that he had never experienced the whole infancy thing before. But now they have this, uh, his daughter uh, gave birth to a little baby named Berkeley. And I think we have a picture of her here, who is this uh, cute little sweetie. And uh, Berkeley actually lives with him. And uh, his daughter does as well as she's finishing college. And they're helping uh, to raise her. But again, he was expressing to me how tired he was. Because he had never experienced an infant before. And he was telling about how, how worn out. He's like, Chris, I'm just like tired all the time. And I go, yeah, I know. I've been there, you know, twice. And uh, as he's sharing about all of this tiredness and exhaustion, uh, it reminded me of two little rugrats I know. I mean, angels uh, there. Uh, our two uh, girls, Jordan and Shiloh, when they were at that age... And um, it just made me start thinking about infants in general and babies. And babies are not easy. Like they are very, very difficult in many different ways. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I mean, infants can be demanding. They are only thinking about their own needs. They have no respect for boundaries whatsoever. Sometimes they can be happy and joyful and make you laugh. And other times they can cry unmercifully to where you want to do something. Well, you just want them to stop. Let's put it that way. 
and they don't say thank you. They don't do anything to try to meet your needs whatsoever. They are very, very demanding and they don't care how much you're working. They just continue to take and to take and to take. But I'm so glad that when we become adults, we are not demanding at all. We do not become real needy. We are not people who are asking for something all the time. We are not people who are greedy. We are not people who can never say thank you. We are never demanding and we are never difficult people, right? No. No. And so today... As we conclude our series, This Is Us, what I want to talk about is how do we deal with people in our lives who are not always easy to love? Do any of you have someone in your life that is difficult to love? Maybe someone in your life who is negative. Maybe someone in your life who is highly critical. Maybe there is someone in your life who is just real pushy with their ideas. They are pushy with their beliefs or their values or their political opinions. Maybe there's someone in your life who has hurt you many times before and they have actually created a lot of pain in your life. So... Just as a mass confession for all of us here in the auditorium today and everyone that's on the stream, uh, all of you together, just by a show of hands, how many of you would say you have at least one person in your life that is hard to love? Just raise your hand. Is there one person in your life that is hard to love? Okay, you can put your hands down. Now, if you did not raise your hand, guess who you are? You're the difficult person. You're not a liar. You're just a difficult person. You're telling the truth, but you are difficult. Now, folks, here's the thing. Following Jesus would be so very easy if it weren't for people. Okay? Following Jesus would be very, very easy if it weren't for people. But it is to people that Jesus calls us to love. And this kind of leads us to our big idea this morning. And this is your first fill-in on the app or in the program. And it's this. If you love Jesus, you will love difficult people. If you love Jesus, if you're like, hey, I love Jesus, I follow him, then you will love difficult people. Now, our society tells us that you don't have to love difficult people. You should actually avoid them. You should ignore them. You should reject them. You should get them out of your life. In fact, that was what the world says. But that is not Jesus' M.O. Rather, Jesus actually says something quite different when he says these words. You have heard it said that you are to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's very much... True in our day. That's what the world says. You are to love the people that is your neighbor, that person that you like to love. And you are to hate your enemy. 
Love the people you love. But if there are people that you don't like, just cross them out of your life. Then he goes on to say, but I tell you, love your who? What's it say? Your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Now, notice here, folks, because it's really interesting. Jesus is not very concerned about how you love people that you like. He doesn't really care so much about how you should love the people that you like. It seems like he's most concerned for how do you love difficult people? How do you love those people in your life that are more difficult to love? For example... The ex-spouse who cheated on you. The uh, person in your life who was a friend or a co-worker, but they stabbed you in the back or in some way they just kind of went off on you. They spread rumors and lies about you. Maybe it's the boss who treated you very unfairly. Jesus is not so concerned about the people in your life who you love. What he's most concerned about are the people in your life that you find it most difficult to love. So what I want you to do right now, I want you to think of the most difficult person in your life right now to love. Okay? Allow that image to come to the front of your brain. Who is that person? And then secondly, this is what I need you to know. Jesus is calling you to love difficult people. If you love Jesus, you will love difficult people. Now, the way we're going to understand how we can love difficult people is by looking at a story today in Matthew chapter 15. And Matthew is in the first, uh, it's the first book of the New Testament, the second half of the Bible. Matthew was one of Jesus' disciples. And one day, as Matthew's learning this story about how to love difficult people, uh, the story is told in such a way that there are many lessons that we can learn from it. And this is how it goes. Leaving that place, so Jesus and his disciples are in a place called Galilee. It's their hometown. It's where their friends are, their families, their homies, the people that they are in with, uh, the people that they're most connected with, the people that they like. They're in a safe place. Leaving that place, though, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Now, this place, folks, is not very welcoming. This is a pagan land. Everyone there is worshiping idols, and the disciples have no friends there whatsoever. These are difficult people who live there. And yet, Jesus is like, come on guys, we're going on a road trip. We're going to go to a place where you don't like them, they don't like you, and it's a difficult place to be. And then the text goes on to say, a Canaanite woman. Now, you might read that and be like, oh, what's Canaanite? Well, this is the only place in the entire New Testament where this word Canaanite is used. You know why? Because it is a word that you would never say to another human being. It's degrading. It's demoralizing. It puts them down. It's disrespectful. It's judgmental. It's basically telling the other person, I'm better than you and you're a jerk. You stink. You are nasty. So... 
A Canaanite woman from the vicinity uh, came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon possessed and suffering terrible. Then notice this. This is what happens. Jesus did not answer a word. This woman shares all of this. He doesn't answer. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. In other words, she's bothersome. She's getting on our nerves. She's a, she's a Canaanite. Like, get rid of her. Then Jesus answered, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me. She said, he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed At that moment. Now, is anyone else here a little perplexed by this story? Is anyone? Like maybe you've never seen this story before. This is a perplexing story because it's like Jesus ignores this woman. I mean, the Jesus I learned in, you know, when I was a little kid that Jesus loves everybody in the world. And now all of a sudden Jesus is ignoring this woman and not just ignoring her, but he's actually insulting her. And you look at this and you think to yourself, this can't be the baby Jesus who was the little tiny baby. And yet, I think if we look closely at this text, which we're going to do today, what we'll find is that. Jesus actually is not insulting her at all, but he's giving a lesson to the disciples on how it is to love people who are often difficult to love. In fact, for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is share with you five lessons on how to love people who are difficult by looking at this story. And here is your first lesson to learn, and it's this. That you are to silence your need to be nice. You need to silence your need to be nice. If you're going to love difficult people, you've got to silence your need to be nice. What it, when it comes to uh, difficult people, you have to silence that compulsion to be nice and to make everybody else around us okay, to be the peacemaker, make everybody good, because we're going to be nice with one another. My number one job is to make ever make sure that everyone else is being nice. They're all playing and getting along together. And Jesus is simply not necessarily saying that is the best way to go about it. When this Canaanite woman first approaches Jesus, Jesus doesn't respond. Now, at first, it seems kind of rude, doesn't it? But actually, the, si- the silence is culturally right on target. You see, in this culture, if you were a woman, you would never approach a man. And then secondly, what's even worse than that, if you were a woman, you would never, never approach a teacher of the law, someone who was of Jesus' status, a rabbi in that way. Plus, through his silence, Jesus is not tempted then to fill in the gap, to try to be nice and to say the nice thing and to be the polite person, the kind of things that you and I are often tempted to do. 
Because Christians, people that go to church, sometimes what we want to do is we want to be nice. And so a person will come up to us and we just want to be nicey, nice, nice. I'm a Jesus lady. I'm a Jesus guy. And I want us all to be nice. But here's the deal. Nowhere in the Gospels, folks, that is the stories of Jesus, nowhere does Jesus say that your number one goal and my number one goal when it comes to difficult people is that we are just supposed to be nice. Nowhere does he say that. Because just trying to be nice, folks, can be a hindrance to actually learning how to love a difficult person. Because when you just stay nice to people who are difficult, the truth rarely, if ever, comes out. It never comes out. You see, folks, you can't authentically love a person who is difficult if... You are just trying to be nice and pleasant and polite in what you are saying. Because the reality is when you have a difficult disagreement, when there's some type of conflict that comes between you and another person, just being nice is not enough. The reality is sometimes you have to silence that desire to be nice and you actually have to be direct with people who are difficult. Now, it doesn't mean that you should be rude or cruel, but it means that you become very direct with whoever that person is that is difficult in your life. And you refrain from being nice, trying to just be nicey-nice. So, that's the first lesson we learn in this uh, thing. Jesus didn't do that. Second thing is we avoid avoidance. We avoid avoidance. So often when it comes to difficult people, the one thing we want to do is just avoid them at all costs. We don't want to even be in the same room with that person. Now, uh, if you think back on the story, Jesus remained silent, but the disciples do not. They don't remain silent. In fact, they come to him and they say, Jesus, can we just get rid of this lady? She's bothersome. Can we just send her away, get her out of our hair? They want to do what we often want to do, and that is get rid of the person, avoid whoever they are. Now, let me ask you real quickly. Have you ever been to Walmart before or a public place and you walk in there and you see a difficult person? And you start with one aisle and you see them and you're like, I'm going to go to another aisle. And you try to avoid seeing them in that place all the time. Have any of you ever, oh yeah, you're all holy today, aren't you? Oh no, I have no problem. I just confront difficult people all the time. It's no big deal. Folks, I've actually gone into a store before. I've had a cart of groceries of things that I need to take care of. And I saw a difficult person as I'm getting ready to go up there. And I've actually left the cart and I've walked out with absolutely nothing. That's me. Sometimes I just don't have guts to have to deal with difficult people. Oh, you all have guts. You're all laughing at me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sometimes I'm much more like the disciples and I just want to avoid whoever that difficult person is. And I will actually go to great lengths to make sure that that happens. But Jesus doesn't do this, does he? He doesn't do this at all. 
He actually talks directly to this woman. He engages with her. He has a conversation with her for sure. He speaks up. Jesus takes a risk because he understands that avoidance, although in the moment it seems like the best thing, it's never the best thing when you're dealing with a difficult person. It's a terrible way to deal with difficult people. Why? Because what it does is, it just creates more frustration for us. And then we get angry, and then we have rage, and then all of a sudden we want to wipe people off the face of the earth because we simply want to avoid them. And it festers and it spreads, and sometimes it can get really ugly on how we treat a difficult person. I mean, if you're going to learn how to love difficult people, you've got to learn how to engage with them. You're going to have to learn how to connect In some way. Maybe it's having a hard conversation. Picking up the phone and saying we need to talk. Not texting. Not putting something out on Facebook or Instagram. You actually pick up the phone and say we need to have a hard conversation. And you do that. Maybe it's telling the person exactly the way you feel. Maybe it's asking them for an apology for the way that they treated you or someone else. Or that you apologize for a small piece of the issue yourself. Or maybe it's so difficult that you actually go to a wise person. Someone who's further in the Christian faith and say, here's the situation. How do you think I should take the next step? And then, rather than avoiding, you actually go to the person and you talk to them. But we've got to fight the temptation, folks. We've got to fight the temptation to avoid and to avoid quickly. So here's a third lesson to the story in loving difficult people, and it is to respect your boundaries. We've been talking about boundaries this entire series, and many of you, I hope, are setting some healthy boundaries. But it's one thing to just set them. It's another thing to actually respect the boundaries you have and to keep Those boundaries. Now, what's this about? Well, Jesus does this very clearly in this story. Early on in the story, when the disciples come to him, they say, we have to get rid of her, Jesus. She is too much. Remember that she is too much. We've got to get rid of her. We have to send her away. We've got to put her somewhere else. What does Jesus do? Very curious thing. Jesus says this. I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Now, kind of a weird response for Jesus to make, unless you understand some of the context or the background around it. Earlier in his ministry, at the very beginning, he let everyone know that his number one mission, his number one mission was to reach the Jews, to reach people who were Jewish like himself. Jesus clarified that was his mission. And he would train his disciples to actually then go reach the Gentiles, the other folks. But this is a Gentile. She is a non-Jewish woman. She is not Jesus's problem. You see, Jesus understood boundaries. He understood what he was responsible for And what he was not responsible for. And this lady, although one that he loved, one that his father created, he was not responsible for her. If you want to have healthy relationships, you've got to have clear boundaries. You have to have clarity in whatever boundary is that you have. 
You have to distinguish between what it is I am responsible for and what I am not responsible for. And this is even more important when it comes to difficult people. Why? Because when it comes to difficult people, when things go off the rails... And you're struggling to understand this person. Many times it's your desire and mine to jump in and to save the day. To be able to help that person to care for them. And all of a sudden we no longer respect our boundaries. Have you ever experienced that before? Someone in your life who's kind of difficult. All of a sudden because of the behavior they have or the choice they have. You jump in and you try to make it all better. So that the family's better or the workplace is better or whatever place it is that you're in, that it is better. Maybe even you feel guilty sometimes because you think to yourself, if I don't jump in and help with this situation, that person's going to be mad or their spouse is going to be mad or someone who's extended. You see this in bars all the time. Someone gets way too much to drink. And they start acting a fool and someone wants to jump in and save the day for that person, whatever it is. And it just creates more issues because your boundary when you walked in was, I'm not going to get in a fight or I'm not going to create an issue or I'm not going to create some kind of big kind of scene. I'm not going to do this. And then it happens. Folks, when dealing with people who are difficult, if we lack boundaries, it will be almost impossible for you and I to be able to love them. Now, what Jesus says here at face value is kind of harsh. Her problem is not my problem. And yet, guess what? By him actually defining the boundary of saying, hey, I was here for the sheep of Israel, not for you. He actually set a boundary that allowed him then to have freedom to engage. He didn't feel obligated. He didn't feel like he had to do this, that it was something that had to happen. So it allowed him to free to have freedom to actually listen and to engage and eventually to show love to this woman. You see, folks, when you're clear about what is my responsibility and what isn't my responsibility when it comes to a difficult person, then you are able to learn how to love them in the way that God would have you. And let me just say this, that sometimes when you're dealing with people who are difficult, it's okay if you disappoint them. Sometimes... If a person is difficult, you may actually upset them. And this is what I need you to know. People were disappointed with Jesus all the time. People were always disappointed with Jesus. And if they were disappointed with him, if you set some clear boundaries, then they'll be disappointed with you as well. So with a difficult person in your life, you have to know what is your responsibility and what is not your responsibility, and then you respect those boundaries. When you do this, you actually learn how to love the person in the process. Then this kind of leads us to the fourth lesson that we learn, and it's this. You confront your prejudices. You confront your prejudices. You have to be careful when you're with a difficult person that you don't become judgmental or self-righteous. You see, the hardest part of this story is really about this. 
the disciples want to actually send the woman away. She comes over to Jesus and what does Jesus do? He actually engages with her. She comes to him and she asks for help. It's this innocent, vulnerable moment where after she hears everything, she says, Lord, help me. And then Jesus says this surprising thing. He says, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, why would Jesus say that? I mean, it sounds kind of nasty, doesn't it? It sounds very, very mean. Well, unlike today where we love dogs and we actually will dress up our dogs with bling bling like this one. In those days, folks, uh, people despised dogs. Dogs were nasty, ravagers kind of things. They were unclean, filthy creatures. So why in the world then is Jesus comparing this woman to a dog? Like, why? Well, most scholars believe, and I've learned to believe this as well, that when Jesus is saying these words to this woman, he's actually not saying these words to this woman. He's saying them to the disciples. And the reason that he's saying this to the disciples is because the disciples have a superior attitude towards this woman. And because they have this superior attitude towards this woman, they think they are better than she is. And what we find is that Jesus actually loves this woman. He cares for her. And that's the way Jesus treated all women. Jesus was the only rabbi of his time that actually had women disciples who were around doing the work. And when he's sharing these words, he's simply sharing to the disciples what they have in their minds. They're not saying it out loud, but this is what they are thinking. And he calls them out on it. And he says, before you start labeling this woman something that I'm sharing right now, which are your words, disciples, you need to check your heart. You need to check yourself on what's going on. You know, when I think about my own heart and my own life, so often the things that I don't like in other people are the things that I don't like in myself. But it's very, very easy for me to see it in someone else than it is to see in myself. I might say, I can't believe that person. They just talk all the time. They just talk, 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 talk. And then all of a sudden, oh gosh, I'm like that sometimes. Or uh, I just can't believe that person. They just never listen. They never listen. And then I'm like, oh man, I don't always listen. Or look at that person. They're so self-absorbed. They're always putting themselves first. They're always thinking about themselves only. And then, ah. You know what? I do that too sometimes. Folks, if you want to love difficult people in your life, one of the questions that you need to ask is, am I a difficult person too? And the reality is you are. Am I not also a person who is difficult to love? A few weeks ago, uh, our family had a swim mate and we were tired. And so when we got home, we uh, don't do this all the time, but uh, the girls were exhausted. We were exhausted. We get out the TV trays. We have, you know, food on the TV trays. We watch the television show. And then all of a sudden I started noticing all three of them start going down one right after another to go to sleep. And 
First, it's my wife, and then my oldest daughter, and then my youngest daughter. And finally, you know, the, the wife and the oldest daughter, they kind of wake up and they take their dishes uh, to, the, to the kitchen, and I take mine to the kitchen. And my youngest daughter, Shiloh, is just still sleeping there. And all of a sudden, I started getting kind of frustrated, like, what's up? Why isn't she taking her dishes to the kitchen? And she just stays asleep the whole time. Finally, I wake her up. I'm like, hey, did you forget something? She's like, yeah, I know, Dad. I'm so tired. It's like, no, no, no. That's not what you forgot. Your bed, what you forgot was the dishes. And I'm tired of this. All the time, you fall asleep. And then I'm the one who's picking up your dishes. I need you to go get those dishes right now and put them there. And you know what? I'm not putting you to bed tonight. And Shiloh's my kid that we still do the nighttime routine. We pray together. We read scripture together. That's it. And I'm like, I'm not praying with you. I'm not reading the Bible because I'm a pastor in the church and I shouldn't do that. And she comes to the kitchen and she puts her dishes there and she's looking sad and kind of overwhelmed by everything. And all of a sudden, I just felt this prompting in my spirit. Chris, you don't always take the dishes to the kitchen either. And you need to apologize for yelling. And so I went upstairs and she was in a room. She's kind of upset and sad and everything. I said, hey, Shy, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have yelled at you because I don't always put my dishes away either. Um, I just want to apologize. Will you forgive me? And she's like, oh, yeah, Dad, I forgive you. And then she said these words, I still love you anyway. And I'll, I'll try to do better, Dad, at putting away my dishes. And I go, dang right you're going to do better at putting away your dishes. <laughs> You know, this is the truth, folks. You know who the most difficult person in my life to love is? Myself. I'm the most difficult person for God to show love to. And yet he looks down at me time and time again, and he says time and time and time again, Chris, I forgive you, and I still love you. Chris, I forgive you, and I still love you. Chris, I forgive you, and I still love you. I still love you. Now, how do I know this? Because 2,000 years ago, when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he did not go to the cross for people that were loving and kind and grateful all the time. He went to the cross for difficult people like me and like yourself. I forgive you. I still love you. Last lesson. And it's this. When you're learning to love difficult people, you've got to ask God for help. You've got to ask God for help. You cannot love that difficult person in your life just by sheer willpower that I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it happen. Now, the lesson of learning about how to ask God for help, I wish it would have been by the disciples because these are the ones that we're following all the time. But we don't learn that lesson from the disciples in this story. Who do we learn it from? We learn it from the despised Canaanite woman who goes to Jesus on her knees and says, Lord, help me. Will you just help me? I know many people think that I'm difficult, but I know you can do something. I trust you. Jesus, will you help me? And how did Jesus respond to this woman? He responded with these words. He said, woman, your faith has brought healing to your daughter. Woman, 
You have great faith. You have mega-sized faith. You have kingdom type of faith. Folks, we don't love in our own strength. We learn to love through our faith. The question is, do you trust God? Do you trust God to ask him for help? Do you trust God enough to ask him for help with that difficult person? So this is how we're going to close today. I'd like you to think of that difficult person in your life right now. Whoever it is, bring that person to your mind. And when we pray in it here in, a, in just a moment, rather than you going through the rest of your life praying this prayer, God change them. God Please have them apologize. God, grow them. Rather than saying, God, make them do something. Instead, what we're going to learn is from the Canaanite woman, we're going to pray, God, help me. Not God, change them, but God, help me. Help me to be more patient. Help me to see this person as you see them. Help me to understand why they are. Help me to have the hard conversation that I need to have. Help me to forgive them. Rather than make them do something, God, help me. And folks, just imagine what our church would look like if every single one of us here decided to go through our life this week and for the rest of our life to love difficult people. That we actually would not just like the people that we love, but we would actually like and love our enemies. Just imagine what the community would be saying about the JAR Community Church. People would start hearing about this and they'd be like, what is going on at the JAR? Like, those are people that love their enemies. Like, what is going on in that place? They love everybody. Even the people that the rest of us don't like, they choose to love. And so, just imagine what that would look like. But this is what I know, folks. We can't do it on our own. We need God's We can't do it in our own strength. We need his help. And let's pray now for God to be able to help us to love like that. Let's pray. Loving God, we ask that you would help us to realize right now how incredibly loved we are. But how sometimes, God, we are the most difficult person in our life. We are sometimes overly needy and selfish and greedy, thinking only about ourselves. God, would you help us to know how to surrender that to you and to receive your grace? Right now, if you want to have courage to be able to ask God for help to love a difficult person in your life, If you can't do it on your own, but you want to have help from God, I invite you to simply raise your hand. For those of you that are on the stream, you can just type in, I want to love, I want to learn how to love a difficult person. Just raise your hand here in the auditorium 
Those of you on the stream, just type in, I want to learn how to love a difficult person. Let me pray for you. God, I pray for each person with a raised hand, each person who's typed something in the chat that they want to do that, that you would help them, God, to know how to extend your grace and your love to that difficult person in their life. Help them not to give into the temptation to just be nice or to avoid the person, but give them the courage, God, to know how to set and respect their boundaries, to know how to um, be able to know what they're responsible for and what they're not, and help them, God, most of all, to know how to ask you for help when it comes to that person. I pray, God, that you would give us the strength to know how to love the difficult people in our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can put your hand down. Now, maybe some of you are sitting there today or you're on the stream and the reality is you realize I'm that person. I'm the difficult person. I've created so much hurt for other people. I've walked away from God. I've caused so much pain for other folks. I'm that person. And I just don't think though, because of what I've done, that there's any way that God could truly love me. And like I said earlier, folks, Jesus Christ came not for all the people who were the most loving, kind, good people. He came for difficult people. And that's every single one of us. And maybe some of you are just realizing in this moment, that's me. I need something different. I need Jesus in my life today. I can't do this anymore. I need his love. I need his grace. I need a second chance with him. I need my sins washed away. I need to walk in freedom today. And maybe today's your day. And if it does, if it is, then uh, I just invite you to Repeat a prayer after me, but it's not a prayer that you pray by yourself, but it's one that we pray together in community. But this is your prayer. And if you feel comfortable, I invite you to just close your eyes, bow your head, and to repeat this prayer after me. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I give my life to you. I need your help. Come to me now. Jesus, forgive me. Make me brand new. I believe you died for me and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you, follow you, and serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.